Thank you for listening to TMA's Practice Well podcast. TMA, helping you improve the health of all Texans. Hello, I'm Terry Diebler, a TMA practice management consultant. I have over 25 years of experience managing medical practice operations and creating high-functioning teams. I'm excited about the many ways we can help our members at TMA, but I'm especially passionate about helping Texas physicians reach their goals and create an environment that fosters compassion, efficiency, and excellence. Today, I'm going to talk about what I learned about customer service from managing a medical aesthetics practice. I spent the majority of my career managing all types of medical practices, from small solo practices to large single and multi-specialty practices and everything in between. I can tell you that I'm continually amazed at how little physicians know about what's happening over their phones, at their front desk, and in their billing departments. They might be more in tuned into what's happening in the clinical area, but oftentimes they aren't really in tune with that either. Physicians instinctively thrive in an autonomous environment where they practice medicine and someone else manages the staff and the operations. But the total patient experience influences how your patients perceive their care and can affect their confidence in the physician. Physicians need to know what's happening in every department of their practice. As a patient of various medical specialties, my firsthand experience lately has been less than impressive. I usually like my provider, but I would love to give him or her lots of pointers for how the staff should have treated me and other patients in the clinic. I had a recent experience in a physician practice where I asked the receptionist if they had a Wi-Fi password I could use while I waited for my friend who was having surgery. The receptionist never looked up at me and never said a word, but instead pointed to a sign on the side of the front desk. I was shocked. I wanted to say, if you don't want to talk to people, perhaps you should consider finding a different profession. As a medical practice management consultant, I see the behind the scenes workings of the entire clinic. It is the rare medical practice or health system, except for medical cosmetic or aesthetics, that has a formal customer service training for new hires, all new hires. Just as your policy and procedures manual, these are rules of the game. How can the team play the game if they don't know the rules? Why do we assume our staff knows what great customer service is? From what I've seen lately, they don't even know what good customer service is, let alone great customer service. In a cosmetic aesthetic medical practice, they always take the time and spend the money on formal training of the soft skills required to give excellent customer service. So why do we treat medical patients differently than cosmetic or aesthetic patients? Aren't they all consumers and paying customers for the most part? Don't they deserve to have their experience be one of friendliness and empathy? Training on customer service standards and protocols should be one of the first things your new hire does after the prerequisite HIP and OSHA training. Let them know that customer service skills will be a large component of their performance evaluation. Even though you expect it, reward great customer service and you'll get more of it. But let's back up a minute. Let's talk about recruiting and hiring first. When recruiting for positions that don't require licensure, think about recruiting someone with heavy customer service experience outside of medicine. Hard skills can be taught to smart people, but friendliness and an outgoing personality oftentimes cannot. Don't settle. Let me tell you about Emily. Emily applied for a front desk position. She had no medical office experience. 
Her experience was as a server for a high-end country club. Her manager from the country club couldn't say enough great things about her. He said she remembered the members' names and their families. She remembered what they liked to drink and eat. She bonded with the members. Well, that's what I'm looking for with my reception staff. I give candidates an aptitude test so I know she was smart and could learn the hard skills, but I wanted someone like Emily to make my patients feel welcome and cared for and to give them an excellent experience. Think outside the box and don't settle. Having scripts of what to say and how to say it should be included in your policies and procedures manual and part of their onboarding packet. Invest in video or online training programs. Have examples of what to say or do and what not to say or do when interacting with patients. Things like telling your team to stop saying no problem and start saying my pleasure when they're thanked. There are consultants who will work with your staff to improve their customer service skills. They will usually listen in on phone calls and or shadow them and offer suggestions for improvement. Phone training with actual scripts are a must. Hello, and thank you for calling Dr. Smith's office. This is Terry. How may I help you? They should be instructed to smile even when they're on the phone. It comes through to the caller. They should be instructed to ask permission and wait for a response before putting a caller on hold. There should be a maximum time established for leaving a caller on hold. No longer than two or three minutes is reasonable. Anything that will take longer should be a return phone call to the caller. Have you ever been on hold with a business for more than three minutes? Do you think that was great customer service? I doubt it. If voicemail is used in your practice, make sure each staff member with voicemail has an out-of-office message on the outgoing voicemail and that the outgoing message is not long and drawn out. The outgoing message should set the expectation and the staff member should be held accountable to meet the expectation. Here's an example. You have reached the desk of Terry Diebler. I'm not able to take your call right now, but your call is important. Leave your name, number, and best time to return your call, and I will return your call before the end of the day or when it's most convenient for you. Or, I am out of the office on Tuesday, May 2nd, but will return to the office tomorrow and return your call on Wednesday, May 3rd. This way, the caller knows where their call is landed and when to expect a call back. When Terry returns to the office, she should return the call regardless of if she has an answer to their question or not. The call should be acknowledged and a new expectation set and met. Here's an example. I have not heard back from your insurance company yet, but I wanted you to know I received your voicemail message and I'm working on your authorization. I expect it to take until the end of the week. As soon as I hear, I'll call you or text you or email you. Train staff to look up and look directly at a patient when they arrive, to always smile and to thank the patient for coming in or welcome them if they're a new patient and to introduce the patient to and credential the next person they'll interact with at your practice. Train them to go to the patient in the waiting room instead of waiting for the patient to come to them or at least meet them halfway. When checking out, the patient should be thanked and asked if they have any questions. Everyone on staff should know and be able to tell patients or other new hires each provider's training, specialty, and special skills or knowledge. This information should be part of the basic customer service training. Credentialing providers to patients is great customer service, and it's necessary knowledge for your phone staff to be able to schedule the patient with the correct provider. Time spent training on customer service standards will vary by position in the practice. 
However, cosmetic aesthetic practices spend weeks and sometimes months on customer service training, and it shows. Another element of great customer service is process improvement. Processes that are redundant and a time suck for patients should be eliminated if possible. I often ask practices if they collect demographic data, such as phone numbers, physical address, email address, insurance information, etc., over the phone when they make the patient appointment. They usually say yes. So why do you make the patient fill out a demographic form when they arrive? Can the patient log into a portal before their appointment and complete the necessary information, sign consents and such on their own timeframe? Why do you have them sign in? Why not make it easy for your patients? It's the rare medical practice that greets a patient upon arrival and says, hello, Ms. Diebler. How are you today? I have you checked in to see Dr. Smith. Megan will be right with you to get you ready to see the doctor. Is there anything I can do for you in the meantime? There always seems to be paperwork to sign in or fill out, and most of it's redundant. And this is how it should go from there. Megan meets the patient in the reception area, introduces herself and welcomes him or her, and explains exactly what she'll be doing for the patient. She will then credential the next person or provider who the patient will meet during the encounter. An example is, Debbie will be in next to draw your blood. She's a phlebotomist with 10 years of experience doing this, and she'll make your experience as pleasant as possible. I enjoyed meeting you or seeing you today. Is there anything else I can do for you before Debbie comes in? When Debbie comes in, she introduces herself and credentials the next person and so on. It should continue all the way to checkout where the patient is taken to and introduced to the checkout person and thanked for their time. Providers are not exempt from needing customer service training either. They should take the time to log in and consult their EMR for previous visit notes or new patient workups before entering the exam room so they go into the encounter with some knowledge about the patient. This goes a long way towards great customer service. Don't make your patient repeat everything they've told the nurse or medical assistant. It's a waste of everyone's time. Trust me, having the patient wait a minute or two before you come into the room is far better than coming into the room and making them think you know nothing about them and perhaps you don't care. Be on time. Or if a rare instance happens where you're running way behind schedule, have someone in the practice let your patient know the status and an approximate wait time and give them the option of rescheduling. Their time is as precious as yours. Respect their time. I had a terrible experience a few years ago with a provider I had been treating with for over eight years. Over that time, I watched this practice grow in size and services. Some good, some not so good. I would always schedule the first appointment of the day, so chances were there weren't yet having a backlog on their schedule, and I get to my office without much delay in my start time. That day after I checked in with the receptionist, I waited and watched many patients being called back to see their doctors. Since there were many providers in this practice now, I didn't think much of it. Time kept ticking and I still wasn't called, so I checked with the front desk. They apologized and told me they forgot to put my chart up. Mistakes happened and I got over that. I was put in an exam room and asked to fully undress since this was a gynecology appointment. I sat in the exam room naked, except for a paper gown, for over 45 minutes. No one ever came in to tell me the reason for the delay. When the provider finally arrived, there was no apology. I remarked that maybe he was getting too busy for GYN patients like me. His reply was, maybe I am. 
Of course, that was the last time I used his services. Now let's talk about personal interaction versus technology. I know that we're all very busy and sometimes we and our patients prefer an email or text message, but don't use your patient portal to avoid personal interaction. I totally agree that it improves processes and reduces overhead, and it definitely has its time and place, but some things warrant a phone call and some things can be communicated electronically. Know your audience, so to speak. If this is an 86-year-old grandfather who doesn't use email, don't expect him to know you sent him an email about changing a medication or canceling an appointment. The younger generation prefers electronic correspondence, so feel free to use text, email, and the portal with them. Again, know your audience and tailor your processes around the audience. When scheduling a surgery or telling a patient and their family hard news, turn up your empathy spigot. You and your staff deal with this type of diagnosis or treatment every day, and you can become hardened or immune to how scary this must sound or feel to someone who does not have this experience. Also, have lots of educational information prepared for them, whether that's links on your website or printed material, so what they don't hear or comprehend while in your office, they can reference later. This is part of good communication, and that translates into great customer service. It will also cut down on the number of phone calls that need to be handled from confused patients. However, make sure they have direct contact information to the people on staff who can answer questions or help them. Give your staff direct phone numbers and printed cards with their number on it. It's not customer service friendly to have to listen to a long phone tree or to be on hold or to be transferred to multiple people before getting to the correct person. Make it easy for your patients to make an appointment. Online scheduling is my preferred way to schedule with my providers. Again, this can be done 24 seven without having to wait for the office to open or being placed on hold. The technology will usually come with reminder texts or emails and is often able to collect demographic information and deposits prior to the appointment. Give patients easy access to information. Your website should be able to answer many questions patients might have about your practice. They should be able to access staff and provider photos and bios with educational background and experience. The website should have a map to your offices and have downloadable patient forms. Your patient should be able to easily find contact information and lots and lots of education information and FAQs about your services and specialty right on your website. Be transparent with the cost of your services. Cosmetic and aesthetic practices do this all the time without any shame. This goes a long way in establishing your value and brand. No one wants a surprise bill. In fact, now there are state and federal laws prohibiting those. Give your patients easy access to your billing department and help them understand their health benefits. We do this for a living, but unless they're in a business related to third-party insurance, they may not understand their coverage. You can't be expected to know every plan, but explaining the basics should be something your staff is able to do and make it easy for patients to pay you. Can they pay from their couch at night via your portal or website? Make sure you accept all major credit cards as well as Google Pay and Apple Pay. We live in a time of fast moving automation and for many of us, this brings extreme convenience and is a large time saver and cost reducer. However, there's no replacement for human interaction when it comes to certain situations. Healthcare is to me, one of those situations. These are very personal interactions and as such require not only excellent 
technical knowledge and skills, but excellent people skills as well. If you're not able to give great customer service in medicine, then consider going into research or a different profession. If you wanna be successful in your chosen profession as a healthcare provider, dial up your customer service expectation to the level of a cosmetic aesthetic practice and your patient base will grow organically from happy patients who spread the word about their experience in your office. Make sure their experience is five-star. In closing, whether you're treating patients who are using their insurance coverage or those paying a membership or cash for services, everyone deserves to feel like their healthcare providers care about them, are interested in getting to know them, and care about their well-being. There's no better marketing strategy and patient retention strategy than this type of treatment. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this episode beneficial. To receive more helpful tips, like and follow TMA Practice Well Podcasts. Until next time, stay well. <music>